Welcome to episode 134 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, is Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Casal. Hello there. It is Monday night on a chilly January 4th, and we're here to preview 2016, the year of our Lord, your Lord, whatever Lord you bow to. It's 2016. Is it Year of the Dragon? I don't think so. I don't know what the year Year of the Dog? My birthday always falls on Year of the Dog, and I always think that's kind of bullshit. I want a grander animal. The Year of the Cat? Then, fuck yeah. Yeah. A cat that bows only to itself? Uh, Not its human masters. Or, you know, its friend. Whatever. Companion. Whatever. But we're here to talk 2016. All the good stuff coming our way in the world of comics, television, and movies in 2016. It's the year of the monkey, if you must know. See, I think monkey's pretty solid. Planet of the Apes, is there a new one coming out this year? There might be, but let me give you a couple couple little facts and figures about what's what's going to be lucky for you this year, being the, the year of the monkey, the lucky but monkey. is it only if you're birthday coincides with monkey years it's not specified let's at least say yes so if you listeners were born in 1920 1932 44 56 68 80 92 80 that's you ian you're the monkey man or if you were born in the last four days your lucky numbers are four and nine Oh, Vinny uh, LeCalvo, your, yeah. Your, your lucky days are the 14th and 28th. Uh, your lucky colors. I didn't know there was such a thing, but your lucky colors, Ian, are white, blue, and gold. <laughs> white. White, blue, and gold, <laughs> huh? <laughs> your lucky flowers are chrysanthemum and uh, crepe myrtle. I don't, oh, I don't know what myrtle. any of I love are. A, I love a good crepe myrtle. Uh, your... Crepe myrtle sounds like it's a gray flower. (laughs) Wait, this is getting weirder. Your lucky directions are north, northwest, and west. Okay, so I have the areas of my town that I should go, that I should head to. You live in the north, right, Matt? I do. I live north of the city. It's unfortunate. I live in the east. Very unlucky of me. But you live in the west of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Unfortunately, I won't be having your luck. Uh, The lucky months, last thing, the Chinese lunar months, 8 and 12. I assume that's August and December. So there you have it. I got to wait. I got to wait for. Can I. To pick chrysanthemums in August? Can I give you just a couple more uh, things to avoid? Yes. Being a 1980s birth person. You're going to want to avoid the colors red and pink. That so, means Siths. No Valentine's Day for you. No Valentine's So when your wife gets upset why you didn't do anything, be like, no, no, no. You have to understand. I have to avoid these colors. Uh, no Valentine's, you're, no Dark Lords. So your unlucky numbers, two and seven. Two times seven is mm. 14. Can't do Valentine's Day. Ooh, Valentine's all, Day is... is seven's all, one of my numbers. It's all falling even, together now. Ian, huh? You don't even want to know what your luck, your unlucky directions are. South and southeast. Look out. Uh, no, uh, and not southwest. LA is still on the table. 
<laughs> and lastly, your unlucky months, of course, are 7 and 11. That's unfortunate. My birthday is in 7. Your birthday's going to be shit. Uh, I'm very <laughs> bummed out. I have big plans for July. You know what's not going to be shit, though? 2016? Housekeeping. Oh, housekeeping's never shit. The As long as it's with Ian Sharpley. Something that's never unlucky, going to mixsauce.com. You're always greeted with very, very lucky comics about chrysanthemums and what, whatever and the... Crepe Myrtle. Crepe Myrtle reviews myrtle. and this podcast that's uh, white, gold, and blue. The easy way to check out all of our mixsaucings is to go to the Facebook page. Facebook slash McSauce. You can be updated on all the things that we're doing as well as a bunch of different pop culture links that we have there. To find the podcast, you can go to the iTunes store. You can also go to Stitcher Radio and you can go to Podomatic as well as the classic episodes which can be found at McSaucePodcast.Libsyn.com and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for housekeeping. Uh, one one more item uh, at the beginning of football season this year, Matt and myself made a little wager on who the rushing champion would be this season. Well, you wagered who would be in the top three. We we did. I was pretty adamant that I knew who would be number one. Number one, uh, but I since. I didn't want to go that far out on a limb, and Matt was gracious <laughs> enough to Matt was gracious enough to let me have the top three. Um, I guessed that Adrian Peterson would finish in the top three, and Matt, where did Vikings Adrian Peterson? Finish? Uh, the child abuser actually finished uh, number one overall. Uh, so if that's the horse you want to back in your race, in your race, Ian, if you are in support of child abuse and child neglect have fun with your victory see matt that's where that's why you got this completely wrong because you prefers a good caning with his <laughs> rushing record that's what that's what this asshole used on his son i believe matt why did the chinese calendar say avoid canings in 2016 matt maybe you'd be maybe well, ian would be taking you to dinner can, can i just interject for one second <clears throat> what are what's adrian peterson's number 28. Oh, it's 20. I thought it was 27. No, that would be very unlucky. Matt, you based, you based all of your your argument, your hopes and dreams of this bet on emotion. I used simple, simple facts, logic. See, I don't think Matt based all of it on emotion. I think if you look at the, if the overall spectrum of NHL offenders, like they, they normally don't come back. NHL offenders? NFL, this is the NFL. NFL. Yeah, NFL offenders. They don't normally come back from something like this. I feel like Adrian Peterson is the exception to the rule. And you back the right horse this time. But are you going to back the right horse next time? Uh, possibly. Well, he just has to find the next uh, child abuser and back that horse. Well, it's the NFL. There are a lot of them. So I'm yeah. sure that I can find a suitable horse to back. AP's getting payday after this year. Now, I have to disagree. I did not base my opinion on 
raw emotion. That's what fueled the bet in the first place. But the actual decision to say he would not finish in the top three was based on logic, being that, like Paul said, usually guys like that don't come back from injury to have premier seasons like he did. Except for Adrian Peterson himself when he tore his ACL and came back and ran for 2,000 yards. Usually that, doesn't, usually that doesn't happen, and it usually doesn't happen at his age. Uh, also, given the fact that he had fallen out of favor with the coach, team, and the city. It was a brand new coach, so there was no favor and to be falling out of society in general. And society in general. The fans came right back as soon as he... Produced. Right, because fans and people out there, not our fans, of course, but fans of everything else are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been well documented that our fans are stupid too. So <gasps> that's something I would say. How go, dare you? Go back in the archives. Last year around this time, fuck the listeners. You said the same thing. You said that, yeah. buddy. I'm joking. You really hate them. So anyway, 2016. It's a brand new year. What did we bet? Uh, a dinner. A dinner. So we'll all go out have a nice dinner. How's that sound? Or maybe we'll just get. McDonald's and sit here and that's fine. No, we'll go out. Well, I think I think this calls for celebration. I don't think there's any any more of a celebratory thing than uh, than lauding the achievements of a convicted child abuser. It's interesting that you frame it that way because I looked at it as purely a football bet. However, you once again based a lot of this on emotion outside forces that had nothing to do with the actual on the field i thought i was pretty clear in my description of why i made the bet which you were but you keep going back to all the emotional but i'm not saying that's fine shouldn't you cannot like somebody shouldn't have achieved because he beats children i made the bet against him because i don't like him but i really did believe based on the fact that they usually don't come back from that and there's a lot better running backs than him now but, in the league. But there aren't. But there aren't. Well, I thought there He's, were. I thought there were. And you were and, wrong. And the the running backs that are better than him did get injured this year and there didn't are, complete the season. There are a few, but he is in the top three. And Well, you just said a few. That would put him at least at four. No, a few doesn't. That isn't what a happened. few isn't a number. A few isn't a the, specific the number. The person that won is the person that's supposed to win. It is. A and, long and we can always play alternate dimensions. I know you usually hate to do that. Look into alternate dimensions, but that's what we're doing here. I don't know why you're straying from what you usually love, which is what actually happened. The actual storyline and timeline of the NFL in 2015. Why don't we go with what happened, Matt? We'll go with what happened. What's going to happen in 2016, though? That's what we're here to talk about tonight. Why don't we kick off 2016 with comic books? What are those? Right. And that's that's going to be the basis of what we talk about in the comic book segment. Where should we start? Go ahead. <clears throat> No, Matt. That's that's a great question. Uh, let's start with Marvel Comics well, because where should where should we start? And let me start it. Okay. I think we all looked up 2016 comic books today. We knew we were going to record tonight. We were going to kick things off with comic books. What are Marvel's big events? What are DC's big events? What are the big image or dark horse releases for 2016? What did the three of us find? 
Nothing. Nada. Bupkis. And I maybe it's in a weird way it's what the three of us have been calling for. Just you know what? Let the writers and the artists develop these books. We've been on these books since a lot of relaunches in 2015. Let them keep the status quo through 2016. Let the artists and the writers develop these characters, develop these books. But unfortunately, it's on characters and titles we don't give a shit about. and Or it's on characters and titles we give a shit about, but are going in the opposite direction of what we want our favorite heroes to be going in. So... 2016 really offered nothing, comic book-wise, for what any of us want to buy. Yeah. Um, I I find it weird that it's, it's even hard for us to find out what's going to be happening in comic books this upcoming year. Usually, at the beginning of the year and the end of... Leading into the new year, you have list upon list of, here's the exciting new new books that are coming out here are the big events i mean we can't even find anything to ridicule <laughs> so i mean i i wonder what that is that's are, probably the bigger thing like right, why are, isn't there any news i don't know that's a good question but i know for the three of us we're trying to figure out what books we want to not buy anymore rather than trying to figure out what we do want to buy I, th- I feel like we figured out what we're not buying. I feel like over 2015... Well, personally, over 2015, I've called my list. And DC-wise, I pretty much get Prez and Martian Manhunter. Mm-hmm. I still buy Saga when they're not on a fucking crazy hiatus to write, to draw Archie books or whatever else they're doing. Get some Hellboy and BPRD books, which are regular... Uh, the Marvel Star Wars books have been on a regular basis, but at Marvel, other than Secret Wars, I've been waiting for this Miles Morales Star or Spider-Man book. Where the fuck is it? When yeah. is number one coming out for that book? I don't know. It's weird that they I wouldn't kinda, hype that up. I, I'm I'm losing. There was this, a time when I kind of cared, but the longer we go, the less I care about that one. But if you want to talk about Marvel, I think we could do that because I look at Marvel. As the Adrian Peterson of the comic book world, uh, very successful, even though they're reviled and hated. For, I mean, by let, anyone who loves their children. Right. Let's let's be realistic for a second. Marvel's offense in the comic book world by churning out all these new number ones and just awful storylines and and the bastardization of uh, Spider-Man. Um, that is a more egregious offense than child abuse, really, if you think about it. It is a form of child abuse, actually, if they're going well, to shove know. this kind of nonsense down I the pity, youth of America's throat. I pity any child that tries to read this shit that passes as comic books these days. But uh, it's definitely adult abuse because I feel that, that the three of us are abused here by trying to read one of the best superheroes ever and getting... <laughs> what what passes as Spider-Man. My question is, who... Where, where are hardcore comic book fans? Or at one point, we could label ourselves as such. <laughs> who are the people that are buying these books? Who is this appealing to? There's a lot of thought about, well, maybe this isn't for me. I, I find myself saying that 
more often now than ever when I pick up a book that I used to really like or a character that I've loved for years, and I'm like, well, maybe this story isn't for me. Maybe Spider-Gwen just isn't for me. Maybe... Um, you know, Ms. Marvel just isn't for me. Maybe the new Spider-Man isn't for me. Maybe what they're doing in Batman, having Commissioner Gordon wear a robot suit, maybe that's just not for me. Well, who is it for? Who are these people that are buying these books? And, and what is for you at this point? Like, all the things that you've always held in high esteem are now unrecognizable. I mean, that's really what's happened. I mean, we liked Batman and now it's not even the same character and, and it's almost not Batman more often than it is Batman as Batman when I say that I mean Bruce Wayne uh, in Spider-Man he's a shell of what he used to be I don't even I don't recognize this character anymore in a way I can deal with whenever they change the whenever they change the person behind the mask be it changing Batman from Bruce Wayne to Dick Grayson, but they still kind of have a semblance of the character. The motivations are similar. The obstacles are similar. The same with Miles Morales. I don't have a huge problem with him because he reminds me of the things that I like about a teenage Peter Parker. Um, so I like that. I, I think that where they get away from it is where they completely make a wholesale change and it's not the same driving motivations of the character at all it's it's nothing that's oh. even close you know i've always felt like sorry <clears throat> to interrupt paul we'll, we'll get to you in just one second but i always felt like it's not really the the costume it's the person wearing the costume and i know these are all fictional characters but they're they're so well established and so ingrained in like our consciousness almost because they've withstood such a test of time i mean a character like Batman around since the 30s, Spider-Man since the 60s. Like, these guys are who they are. And when you start fucking with that, that's when things start falling apart. Um, you know, it. yeah, you can put the costume on a different character, but that needs to be brief. Because if it's not, it's just not that character anymore. And it happens so often anymore. It's not, it's like the, the rule, not the exception anymore. Go ahead, Paul. The, the question I was going to ask was, do we think there's a purposeful slandering of Peter Parker? We're going to make Peter Parker not the character we've known him to be since the 60s in order to make Miles Morales for new generations and new comic book readers the quote-unquote Peter Parker, the down-on-his-luck guy that's just trying to get by... And we're going to phase Peter, the real Peter Parker out is, you know what? We're a smart guy. We created web shooters. We created Parker Industries. And now we're just going to go right off into the sunset like uh, you know, like Tony Stark Parker. And now we're going to disappear. Oh, well, and now, what, what do you mean, Peter Parker? Miles Morales has been the Spider-Man for all time. Well, they've been doing strange things to Peter Parker long before Miles Morales came on the scene. So maybe that's part of it, but I think it's a greater... It's a, The Miles Morales being the main Spider-Man is just a... It's a symptom, symptom of a larger disease of whoever's in control just doesn't 
doesn't understand Spider-Man. I don't want to say doesn't like Spider-Man because I'm sure that that they love the character, but it's misguided. Yeah, They've been a, doing weird stuff since Brand New Day. Right, and that's that's a fair case of what Marvel's doing with these characters. And I'm not I'm not being, you know, super righty black-hating guy like Miles Morales is fine whatever. I'm just, you know, playing devil's advocate. But I feel like it's Brian Bendis is running the show over there, and this is Bendis's character. And well, you know what? Yeah, Peter Parker was great. He doesn't reflect the current comic book readership. So fuck Peter Parker. Get him out of here. I don't care if someone like Ian Sharpley, who grew up reading comic books, identified with Peter Parker, even though he was a different race. I don't care if that's the case. I need something more specific. I need my character. I need half black, half Mexican Miles Morales to be in the spotlight. Same with Jeff Johns at DC, not on a societal racial note, but with being like, you know what? Yeah, I know everyone wants the the big seven from the Justice League, but growing up, I always liked Mr. Miracle. I always liked Captain Cold. So I'm going to shoehorn Mr. Miracle and Captain Cold into the Justice League, even though they're not really the Justice League. I appreciate Jeff Johns for bringing Hal Jordan back. He, Me and Jeff Johns are the only guys that want Hal Jordan back as the Justice League. But in a different way, Jeff Johns and Brian Bendis are the two guys with such great pull in the DC and Marvel universes. They get to push whatever agenda they want. And it, even, it, it doesn't have to be a, a racial agenda or societal agenda. It's just like, you know what? Yeah, I created this character. I like him. Let's do it. Same with Jeff Johns with Jessica Cruz, the new Green Lantern slash Power Ring. Yeah, I like her. Let's go for it. Keep keep pushing that character. I don't care if everyone wants Hal Jordan. Keep pushing Jessica Cruz. Is it a little different with Justice League being such a... The roster is always changing. You know, you have the Detroit years in the 80s. You have the different styles of Justice League teams over over the, the different years. So they've kind of always been in flux. Yeah, Justice League has a reputation for changing rosters. But the Justice League is all... like it, I don't fucking care how many... I don't care what generation of comic book fan you are. When you think Justice League, you're going to pick seven, and it's going to be at least the same six of seven... And it's gonna be it's gonna be names under the cowls, like you're gonna pick Barry Allen, you're not gonna pick Wally West, you're gonna pick Bruce Wayne, not Dick Grayson or Jim Gordon. It's gonna be Hal Jordan, like you're gonna pick the same people. No one's ever gonna say the girl version of Metamorpho. No one's gonna say Shazam. As much as Jeff Johns and Gary Frank's run on Shazam was great, no one's going to say, yeah, let's put Shazam on the Justice League. You have certain parameters for how these teams work. And, yeah, it's, it's all ultimately hinged on how these creators want their versions would, displayed. Would these the big two be better off 
not that this could ever happen, but would it be better off if there was almost like a term, like a presidential term, for like Brian Michael Bendis? Could we Jeff vote Johns? these people in too? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, technically, we can. We can vote with our wallets. But, right, but, but we're we, apparently in the minority. We're not in the minority. Of the, of the we're wallet still, voting. To a degree, yes, but we're still buying, and we are still guilty of buying shit that we don't like. Not as much as, like, some people, they keep buying and buying and buying, but we still do that. We still hang on longer than we should, as do probably 90% of comic book buyers. Um, but if there was some kind of term or some kind of you know, limit on how long these guys can run the show because, I mean, not that, look, they, I guess, you know, this is capitalism. It's going to run, they're going to run the show as long as they're making money. But, like, if you don't like Brian Michael Bendis' approach, you are so shit out of luck if you're a Marvel fan. Like, I was a Marvel fan long before Brian Michael Bendis was anything beyond just a name you know, to his friends and family. Like, that guy has come along, and over time, as much as we liked some of the things that he's done, I feel like he is so responsible for systematically destroying the Marvel Universe as I know it. Do you think that through the years, there have been groups of comic fans, when once you hit a certain age or you latch on to a certain time period and then there's a shift, that in the 90s there are a bunch of people upset about i don't know was tom defalco was he one of the bigger like editors yeah, and yeah. he was one of i oh he's destroying you know the x-men as we know it even though to people that were buying that book like myself i love that period of the x-men right. do you right. think that there's always like a group of people that's that will always feel that their version of these characters are now being trampled on yeah probably but and maybe it's just our turn. I know that's shitty and it sucks for us, but maybe I, it is. I think that's a good point. However, um, we have gone back and read X-Men before we were into the X-Men and we appreciate it. And we don't look at it as like... I mean, I think you could reasonably make the argument that the 80s X-Men was better than the 90s X-Men. Um, I, I think both sides have an argument. Uh so, to be dismissive of anything but your own, yeah, maybe some people are like that, but that's not how we are. Yeah. Um, again, I just have to come back to, I wonder who the, who the fans of this new status quo are. Who are these people that are picking up every single book and Marvel's jumping to the top well, of the charts every week? I'll I tell mean, you what. One of my biggest problems with Marvel Comics is the lack of consistency. Like, there's there's no... Um, the books come out, what, three times a month? In a I lot believe of cases, so, yeah. Maybe, maybe two times a month, at least three times a month in some cases. That's way too often. It, it kills the wallet because books are now three ninety nine. Uh, or if you're Marvel, you're charging four ninety nine, five ninety nine for certain issues. It's too much money. Yeah, it's too much money. So beyond that, creative teams that you might like can't keep up with that kind of a schedule. So you're constantly shifting creative teams. Like when we were into comics, and frankly, every generation up until the current one was into comics. 
you could latch on to a creator or a creative team and know that you were along for the ride for a while. Now you're lucky if you get four issues out of a creative team. Like at least back a few, well, maybe a little more than a few years ago at this point, but 10 years ago, you would get a trade paperback and you could damn well rest assured that it would have the same writer through the whole thing and the same artist through the whole thing. Now it's like you buy a trade paperback that comprises six issues and you probably have three illustrators drawing it. It's just... It's what? Why is that the case? It used to be such a point of pride for the creators, I think, too, that they stuck around for a 30 issue run, a 40 issue run, you know, uh, a 100. You know, I think that Bendis and Mark Bagley on Ultimate Spider Man had like a 100 issue run or something like that in there. It's something that they really, that, that they were prideful of. The fans could always latch on to that and say, this is why I'm following the book, because I always know that I'm going to get the same team on it. And I think that's all been whisked away. I don't know if it has to do with with the fact that there are contracts out there where you're a Marvel-specific artist, and maybe sometimes they move you around to different projects uh-huh. because they want to get your arts you know, on different books so that they can maximize the value of having you well, in the company. Aside from the fact that it's it creates an inconsistent product it also probably kills the storytelling aspect of it like paul said like it's nice to just get stories that you know you let a creative team dig in and and kind of own the book and kind of like shape it how they need to and when you have a new creative team every few issues that is virtually impossible to do it's sort of like um in the nfl you can't really, you need consistency. You need to kind of have the same general manager and coach in place for a number of years for any of your long-term planning to work out. You can't go two years and out, a year and out, a year and a half and get rid of somebody. Would can't, you Would you say this is why Marvin Lewis is having success this year? Because they've stuck with him through some rough years? I, I would. I would say the same thing goes with... The Baltimore Ravens, they have that consistency. On the flip side, you look at a team like the Tennessee Titans, which turned Ken Wisenhunt over. Well, the Eagles are a different mess, but uh, the Titans turned Ken Wisenhunt over in a year and four weeks or something like that after they let him draft a new quarterback and set a lot of things in place. Who knows what the plans of the next head coach or editor-in-chief would be, and you get that disconnect. So this is overall this has hurt all of our at least big two comic buying, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, before we started recording, we were talking. I think I'm only buying Martian Manhunter, and that may be done after this last issue. Did you give so, up on Prez? No, I'm buying Martian Manhunter and Prez. Okay, but those are those two in uh, Justice League and JLA. JLA, which is really good. It's written by Brian Hitch, drawn by Brian Hitch. It's not going to be on time every month because it's Brian Hitch. But it's the closest I can get to the real Justice League that I want to read. Jeff Johns' Justice League book has been good. Art by Jason Faye. The art's fantastic. That guy hooks it up. But... At this point, it's more about Mr. Miracle and Big Barda and this new character, Grail, who's the daughter of a 
Amazon and Darkseid. It's more about all these goofball New Gods characters that I could give a fuck about. I don't fucking care about Mr. Miracle. I want to see Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent and Hal Jordan and Wonder Woman and Barry Allen. I want to see the Justice League. We had that for what? Five issues? Yeah, we had it for an arc when the new 52 started. And it wasn't even a very good arc. It was kind of a shitty story. The Dark Side thing? Right, Dark Side War. And it's been Jeff Johns this entire time. And the story after that, once... Well, who who they they, it was Johns and Ivan Reyes, they kicked off New Fifty Two. No, it was Jim Lee. So, but Jim we Lee knew going in that we knew that going in that we were only going to get a really limited sample size of that crew. Like we were going to get a year of that, yeah, yeah, and yeah, that was right. going to be it. I think so, they even said that at the beginning. But ultimately, like before you knew it, they were changing, they were changing the the roster. And I understand that's sort of what they do. You get Justice League Europe, Justice League Detroit, Justice League International. All this crazy shit. Fuck that crazy shit. I never bought all that crazy shit because it was crazy shit. I want the real fucking heroes. I didn't enjoy the death of of Superman because it was crazy shit. Because I'm reading it and I'm like, where's Hal Jordan? Where's Barry Allen? Where's... How, where, you know, where's Bruce both Wayne? of them dead at that point? I can't remember. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. in continuity. Yeah. Like, well, Hal's off on sabbatical. He's not even dead. He's he's off. I fucking quit. Um, fucking sad sack. Oh, uh, your favorite years. hero, Bruce Wayne. Maneuver. Give up, Luke Skywalker. Force Awakens. Horseshit. I fucking give up. But Barry Allen was dead. So you're left with Booster Gold and Martian Manhunter being fucking Bloodwind. What the fuck kind of horseshit 90s bullshit is Bloodwind with a Y? W-Y-N-D. Come on, son. Why aren't you an image so, comic like, hero? They're, like... As much as I don't like Grant Morrison, at least when Grant Morrison took over JLA in the late 90s, early 2000s, he gave you the core Big Seven for... Quite a few trades, at least three, four trades of stories with that crew. As soon as like Jeff Johns was like, "Yeah, yeah, six issues. This is great. Now I'm done. Now I want female metamorpho, and I want metal men, and I want all these fucking obscure bullshit that I really like, but no one else gives a shit about." And I'm like, "Jeff Johns, you did so good on Green Lantern. What happened? You fucking fucked me. You fucking <laughs> fucked me." Well, when you started reading Green Lantern, you didn't have any expectations of those heroes either. Like, that's kind of what formed your idea of that universe was those heroes. uh, When you go into the New 52, you already had something in mind of what you wanted to see. So that's where you got let down, were your expectations of the universe. Jeff Johns has done some great stuff, like introducing Lex Luthor as, you know, like shoehorning his way into the Justice League. And bringing in, like, Captain Cold as his chief security advisor. It all worked out really nicely, really organically. But you still had Clark, Bruce, Diana, Hal, Barry. Like, you still had the core Justice League dealing with, well, fucking Lex Luthor wants to be the Justice League now. And it worked great. But now it's like, well, you know what? 
Fuck everyone you liked. We're going to give them some crazy Jack Kirby New Gods powers. And we're going to focus on Mr. Miracle. Because who does everyone love? Mr. Miracle. Deep. No one fucking loves Mr. Miracle, Jeff Johns. You're fucking tanking this book. When Brian Hitch is writing a better book than you, you are fucked. Because right now, Brian Hitch is writing a better book than Jeff Johns. Because he's focusing on the core Justice League. Deep. If you want to buy a good Justice League, get JLA. It might not be on time, but it's the book that you're going to want to read. Going back to the terms, like, you know, should we have these creators have a certain, you know, year where we cut them off and they aren't in charge anymore? Do you think that maybe some of these creators just get, they're burned out? They've worked with these heroes for so long that they want to write or draw something different and that's why they bring in Mr. Miracle or that's why they create Spider-Gwen because they want to try something new? Yeah, and well, Sam, yeah, because part of it is, you know, Jeff Johns and Bendis get on these books and they're like, fuck, I've been given this gold mine. I need to do all the shit that I want to do, the big important stuff. I need to get, get this out of the way right now. So Bendis does a stellar 100-plus issue run on Ultimate Spider-Man, tells his Spider-Man story, and it's brilliant. Jeff Johns rips through the Green Lantern universe, and it's brilliant. And then they're like, well, fuck, these guys sold a lot of issues. These guys know what's up. What do you want to do next? And then they're like, uh, Jessica Jones? And they're like, yeah, go nuts. Uh, Luke Cage? Yeah, fucking crush it. But no one really gives a fuck about Jessica Jones or Luke Cage. And that may take some heat. That statement may take some heat, but come, come the fuck on. No one really gives a shit about Jessica Jones or Luke Cage. Or Mr. Miracle or the New Gods. No one, no one really gives a shit. So yeah, they, they they tell the stories they want to tell, and then they're left on longer than they need to be left on, and then they start extending themselves. So, Matt, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how to follow that rant up. Um, I... why, don't, why don't we shift gears? Why don't we talk some positives? What are we looking forward to? Because well... comics have nothing to offer us in 2016. Well, that's not true. Uh, the big two have nothing to offer us. Uh, except for, uh, I am interested to see where Daredevil goes with uh, Ron Garney on the artwork. Um, he's kind of like the, the can't-miss uh, illustrator for me when it comes to um, Marvel Comics. Um, you know, <laughs> it, it's a shame that, that I have no interest in Spider-Man, Batman, Superman... Green Lantern, um, Wolverine. Well, you know what? That's not true. Old Man Logan, written by Jeff Lemire. Interested in that. It looks yeah. solid. Those are quality creators. Uh, but other than that, other than a couple Marvel books, I guess, um, like we talked about last week, I'm, I'm done with Marvel Star Wars, uh, there's virtually nothing, you know, redeemable to me going on in those books, and I think they're just a total shit show. Uh, I think if I want to read Star Wars comics, I'll reread some of the old Dark Horse stuff, because at least then I'll, you know, enjoy myself. Um, Marvel's a mess, and they need uh, 
they need new leadership, as do a lot of things in, in this world. Um, you know, leadership stays too long. Long enough to find themselves become the villain. Right, Harvey Dent? Yeah, or, or a shitty writer. Right. Brian Michael Bendis books. rode in on his white horse, fucking revitalized Spider-Man. Revitalized him. And now, he's ruined him. Like, well, I mean, he's not really responsible for Brand New Day. That's on Joe Casada's conscience. But, Brian Michael Bendis had the agenda of pushing his character, Miles Morales, which further de-emphasized Peter Parker as, you know, the flagship character of the Marvel Universe. Um, although I do think that uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has a large part to do with that as well. The fact that Spider-Man wasn't in their stable of movie characters, there is less of an emphasis to put Spider-Man over. Very much like how they de-emphasized the Fantastic Four because they didn't have ownership of those characters cinematically. So Marvel's like whiny, snotty little like take my ball and go home bitches when it comes to stuff like this. So like they have, um, they would cut their nose off to spite their face. I think the the um, the financial and corporate aspect of the things that they did with the Fantastic Four as well as what they're currently doing with the X-Men is probably the thing that leaves the worst taste in my mouth. The fact that it's so blatant that they're doing, making these changes within their universe to brush aside characters that for years were beloved, but now just don't fit into their movie plans, I think is a really sickening way to handle all these characters. Right. And Sorry, Marvel. If you don't like it, maybe you shouldn't have sold all the rights to your characters uh, 20 or 30 years ago. From, Idiots. From what... Well, I mean, you can't blame them for that because selling... I like, blame them. <laughs> well, selling the rights to those characters. No, no, no. We can blame them because they fucking did it. Well, would you prefer the current state of Marvel with the movies that we get and the shitty comic books, or would you prefer... Marvel just straight up going out of business, which was a possibility in the well, late 90s. Well, Marvel Comics as we know it could have gone out of business and I don't know, maybe DC buys Marvel heroes. Spider-Man does not cease to exist. You know what I mean? Somebody else could have owned him. And with what Marvel has done to their character, I don't care what the alternative is. I mean, I don't even care, but I'll take it. Like, we also just got done railing on DC for doing the exact same thing. They've done similar things to their characters. So what's to say that they would stand by some other company's creation and, and honor it in the way that we want? There's if When they can't do that for Superman, when they can't do that for Batman and Wonder Woman, or Green Lantern, as Paul has made pretty clear, there's no guarantee, so... No, there um, isn't. Um, but it, again, we we know what we've got with Marvel. Um, I would roll those dice any day of the week and take those chances because. You so really, you're all for alternate dimension, Matt. You really believe that it could be worse than it is right Absolutely, now? Absolutely, Matt. Oh my god, it can always be worse, man. Well, how how can it be worse than it is now when none of us want to buy? It could the not books e that we really want to buy. It could like um, it I, could absolutely they could completely not exist. I know that you're saying that somebody would buy those rights, but. 
Who knows what they would do with them? Ian, come on, man. That's ridiculous. The company was looking to fold, Matt. I mean, but the selling of the rights well, it, uh, yeah. was able to... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but it's fine. We don't know what what question mark would have done with the the property, but we know what Marvel's doing with the property, and we know that you aren't buying any of the books, and we're talking about what you want. What? So if Marvel, you ask me words of this. No, brand, no, you asked me how not done yet. You asked me how, well, then fix your question because you asked me how it could be worse. Right. And I and I told you it could not exist at all. That's how it could be fucking worse. So you'd rather bad Marvel books exist that you don't want to buy than books you don't want to read. Because there's, to me, it's it's all the same. If they're bad and you're not buying them, then they don't exist. There's always because a they don't for them exist fix. in your enjoyment. They don't exist in your fucking paycheck. They don't exist in your Comixology account. If you don't want to buy them, then they, they don't exist. Who cares if fucking Joe Schmo like some garbage Spider-Man book? If you don't like it, it doesn't matter. The potential for We're them... We're talking about what you want. What do you want? The potential for them to exist and change direction is there. That same I don't like there. I'm not they're hiding out in nowhere. I'm not sitting here saying that I like this. For a creator stuff. like Coleman Androsovsky, who rebooted Captain Canuck this year Ooh, to what? pick it up Nobody and do the best fucking job with that book that he could, other than the guys have been beating it into the ground for the last so many years. Well same potential's there. It just needs the right creator to pick it up. Whether it's a dead property or a property that Marvel just keeps riding because they keep making bullshit money on it. I would like them to change it, but what I'm saying is... And, and I think that you're confusing my saying that, well, something is better than nothing with saying that I like this. I've never said that, so to clarify, I don't like... Just yeah, like yeah. both of you, I don't like the current state of Marvel right. comic books. Can I, can I have a turn? Yeah, go nuts. In there's no way that there would be nothing. Okay. Like if Marvel had folded and you know they declared bankruptcy like they did Chapter Eleven, and let's say they did have to fold, they would have sold the rights to all their characters before they went away. And those characters, we're not talking gold key characters that are getting sold off. We are talking uh, characters that are ingrained in our pop culture, even pre-movies and everything. Like, everybody knew who Spider-Man was. Everyone knows Captain America. Everyone knows the Hulk. I mean, maybe a lot of the Marvel characters would have fallen off the wayside. Maybe not. But a character like Spider-Man, I guarantee, would exist in some form, whether it's for Marvel Comics, DC Comics, or some brand new comic book company. I think, Image Comics, Spider-Man. I think that... You're saying that another company would treat Spider-Man much better, worlds better, than he's being treated I didn't right say that. now. I didn't say the, that. The leap of faith that you're taking that he would be treated fairly is... I didn't say that either. What did you say that I, I would like to clarify what I Please said. Do. Well, I don't know if this is exactly what I said, but this is what I meant. Um, I would roll those dice that uh, I would prefer... Uh, if, if this is the Spider-Man that we're getting from Marvel, I wish someone else was the steward of that character because I feel like they can't do worse. Might it be terrible? Maybe. I'll take those chances because, like Paul said, it's bad enough where I'm not buying it. So 
it, it, to me, it doesn't get worse than that. And that and that's my point. And we're talking about what Ian wants, what Ian wants to see from Marvel. If Ian's not buying it, then it doesn't exist. It has just as much potential under Marvel ownership or weirdo Canadian publisher ownership or Archaea ownership to grow and be better as it, you know, any of those options. But if, if so long as you're not buying it, it doesn't matter. You're not getting it. I wouldn't roll the dice on that. I wouldn't be so quick to take the chance that somebody else would be able to do what Marvel can't do with it right now. Um, I would hope that in the future... But how, how long has Spider-Man been bad? It's been bad for it's a long been, time. It's and, going Marvel on doesn't, and Marvel doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, it's going on a decade right now. Right. So, um, a fucking decade of their most popular character. And they're not even shifting full gears and being like, hey, Civil War, Dan or Glover, what the fuck is his Dan first Spot. name? No, the oh. black actor that's on Gallivant. Glover. Uh, Danny, or, yeah, or Danny Dan Glover. It's not Danny, Danny Glover. Glover. It's Danny Glover. It's not Danny, Danny Glover. Glover. Samuel Glover. Jackson. It's not him either. Like, Marvel's not Keep even shifting in full gears to being straight up Miles Morales mode. Like, they're still like, hey, we're going to give this... Well, like I said before, we're gonna Miles Morales isn't really the problem. It's just the treatments for about a decade of how they're going to change Spider-Man from yes. what we all really liked. Right. And Marvel are the stewards of the Spider-Man that we want. I, and they can't even get their shit together whether they're like, you know what? Peter Parker, done. This is our focus. They're like, no, oh, we're gonna try to straddle everything and some of you might like this, some of you might like but, this, but you're not gonna buy anything. And as long as you're not buying it, it may as well be dead to you. The stewards of similar properties are doing the... DC's doing the exact same thing to you, Paul. With the characters that you love. Right, but I'm not the one sitting here saying... Would you rather DC go out of business and then Marvel take over those properties? Do you have faith that Marvel, who is currently fucking over its audience and its beloved properties, do you think that they would treat Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, the Justice League? The Justice League would have... <laughs> would have fucking Black oh, Bolt in right. it, dude. All the right. Justice League would have Ms. Marvel in it, dude. So, I don't know what the here's fuck how, you how, think would happen by them switching break, companies, right. but it would be the same fucking mess. No, it won't be the same mess. And I'm not talking well, well, about... Well, because we don't live in either of these futures. Right, well, well let me know when you're done, and I'll, I'll give you the what's what. I'm just doing the same thing that you did to me. No, it's totally different things. Because I'm not... I don't want DC... Interrupting's interrupting. Because I don't want DC to take over Marvel's characters. I don't want Marvel to take over DC's characters. Because DC... Me neither. For the last so many years, has been trying to make their characters Marvel characters. And they shouldn't. But if Archaea takes over Superman... Yeah. Let's fucking go for it. Because DC can't do anything good with that character. If you want to give IDW Green Lantern, yeah, let's let's see what's up. Because the current stewardship over that character is garbage. And I feel the same way with Spider-Man. If you want to give Spider-Man to some image guy, if you want to give it to Jeff Lemire under the image brand, yeah, let's do it. Let's take away the big names that we want to read from 
the guys currently in charge. Let's take DC and Marvel off the board. Let's give someone to Chapter House. Because I guarantee... This is... is, I'm glad that we talked about this as a preview of 2016, (laughs) which is in a completely fictional bubble universe of this podcast. Things that will absolutely 100% never, ever, ever fucking happen. It's less realistic. It's less realistic than the comics kingdom existing. Like, this will never, ever, ever happen. In the 90s, when comics were a little less popular... And, and Matt's right. Spider-Man's never going away. Maybe some of the less popular characters would go away. Spider-Man wouldn't go away. But even that is kind of crazy. Is this and, is this all a product of our age? No, but... Are, it, we, are we too old it's to appreciate it. the current state of what our f- famous heroes well, need to be? I, I think there's... At the root of it, this is what I... Why I think... Our char- these characters feel so stale. The creators just keep reusing weird characters that we don't like. It has to do with the oversight from Marvel, you know, Marvel's movie wing or whoever is at the top controlling everything. They have a certain direction that they want to go in. And I don't think in the 70s, 80s, and 90s there was that much control by the editor-in-chief or whoever is in control right now. Right, it felt That's like they were they had their own sets of uh, editors. You had like the Spider-Man editor, you had the X-Men editor. Uh, it wasn't like Ralph Macchio, the Spider-Man guy. <laughs> Ralph Macchio is a karate kid. No, I'm telling you, there was an editor for Marvel named was Ralph, it Ralph Macchio. Was it Ralph Macchio? Was it Macchio? I'm pretty sure. Okay. But Ralph Macchio also is the Karate Kid, right? It's also the Karate okay. Kid, who, by the way, is quite handsome. Right, Paul? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, he, he holds up well. The Superman team would have their own... Uh, they would go on their own retreats, and they would plan out the next year of Superman. Same with X-Men, Spider-Man, and all those titles, um, which it wasn't a an, an, uh, company-wide oversight where you're going to do this, and, and they had... Very little control. The second thing that I think, and it kind of is birthed out of the the image movement where you get to control your own. It, yeah, is that Ralph Macchio? Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah? All right, Ralph Macchio. There you go. The Karate Kid, editor-in-chief of the uh, Spider-Man universe back in the day. The creators nowadays, young creators that want to do bold things and and have their own characters. They're not going to create new characters for the big two because then they can't make any money off of those characters. They don't... And more importantly, they won't control the destiny of those characters. So what do they do? They go to Image. They take their ideas to Valiant. And you lose out on a lot of promising writers and artists that would otherwise, in the 80s and 90s, would be creating for Marvel and DC. You don't have that kind of um, fresh take on maybe our well, old favorites. You know, I don't know what kind of uh, bank these creators are, are bringing in at uh, Valiant and and Image compared to what they would get for contracted work with Marvel or DC. But I think that it must be significant. Otherwise, they wouldn't all be going to do these creator-owned things, but I feel like the creator-owned thing outside of a select uh, small portion are, are short-lived projects that I would say more than 50% of the time 
aren't seen through to completion. Their ideas are never even completed, like at Image. They are at uh, Valiant, but Image being, I, I think, a little more loosey-goosey, um, these guys aren't even finishing their ideas, probably because the incentive isn't there. Like, they're not making the money that that would inspire them to keep going. Maybe, maybe it isn't. I'm kind of talking myself out of it maybe it isn't worth it and then they do end up going back to um one of the uh the big two but even if they had that idea and, and that idea happened at marvel and dc and they personally ran out of steam um, there are other creators that could jump on that same idea that yeah. same great idea and carry it through if deadpool was created in the image universe well, in the early 90s right. do you think that he would have the push that he has now do you think that there would be a film into you know coming out in february now probably not rob liefeld 100 percent would have run out of steam three issues in right but since it was a character created for marvel other creators got to add Prob their take on right to it. probably not but this is a character that has social renown despite not having a tv show an animated series or a movie and everyone seems to know who this fucking character is. And I'd probably bet that those people came to Deadpool not because of the person who originally created it. I You're would... right. They probably came to Deadpool because a buddy of theirs was wearing some black and red shirt. And they were like, oh, cool, Spider-Man. they were like, no, it's Deadpool. But that love for the character is based somewhere in the comic books. It's based on somebody reading it and thinking that it was funny or cool or whatever so but in what i'm saying is that nowadays i don't think that we have creators making new things for marvel and dc new fresh right new i was things. just gonna say what was the last compelling new character that either of these companies made i i think it personally or overall i don't care whatever more well, none <laughs> ever personally ever personally no, like neither one has ever made a compelling character that's Hellboy. interesting Hellboy and everyone from the BPRD those are the last I'm characters well, that I've liked well how about while we do this again and go with the two companies because that's what we were talking about not ever right Harley Quinn Tim Drake a character Tim Drake Boy, Tim Drake's from the '80s. What? Well, I guess. And that's I, even. I guess, I guess Deadpool then. Cable. And, and I, don't, I don't know if Tim. I think those are '80s as well. Yeah, Deathlock. Deathlock's a '70s character. Um. Yeah, I mean, I almost don't even count Tim Drake because he's a spinoff of Robin. Talon. Who? Talon's terrible, right? That's what we have to work with. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's no fresh. Uh, ideas, but there's it's no recycling. Yeah, there's well, no incentive the, for the character well, creators. You, to do you get it. into the different color ring characters like Atrocitus and Jeff Johns, or Jeff Johns, Saint Walker. No, those are going to be oh, lasting characters. I'm sorry, you misunderstood. I said uh, interesting new characters. Saying uh, okay, I mean I'm those are teasing. characters that teasing. are going to be in the mythology forever. Right, but. They're never going to run their own book. They're never going to be Deadpool level or even mm -hmm. Harley Quinn level or even Tim Drake level. 
But so, I don't. I don't blame the creators for not bringing their greatest ideas to Marvel and DC. Right, and everyone tries. But like in this, in this day and age, where you can dip over to Image if you're Brian K. Vaughn and be like, I'm gonna create Marco and Alana in this entire universe, and I'm gonna make this happen. Or you're Joe Hill, and you go out to to IDW and you're like, I'm gonna create Key House. Like, why the fuck would you go to DC and Marvel when DC and Marvel are like, whoa, 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 you can't do that. Why don't you make it, why don't you make it, you know, the House of Mystery? Or why don't you make Marco, Alana, Gamora, and Drax? It doesn't fucking work that way. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's like, like, you can have Marco and Alana as long as they're in humans because they can't be mutants. They have to be in humans. Because... Our big marketing push and our yeah, I mean, it's, there there are so many more outlets for creators to do their own shit right now. I mean, this fucking shitty Paper Girls book is getting so much push, and I know Jody Yearden really likes Paper Girls, but I can't bring myself to buy it because it seems like such indie trash. <laughs> but when you're an independent creator and you get to bring such unique ideas like Paper Girls to to life outside of Marvel and DC. Why would you work for Marvel and DC? And I see big names leave DC all the time. And I'm so mad. I'm like, why would they let them go? And I'm, But it, on the flip side of the coin, I'm like, well, why would they stay? Right. So why don't we put a pin in it right here. Maybe next week we'll do the best of 2016 preview. And we'll focus on television and movies. I hey, mean, you hey, listener, you downloaded this. It said comic book, and we delivered. We fucking blew our loads on the comic book business well, uh, tonight. Uh, okay, so we Do you want have more, we want, more to shoot on comic books? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Are you not dust yet? We won't get into media, movies, TV, all that stuff, but um, there are comic books that we are looking forward to for 2016 like we kind of hinted at, aren't coming from the big two. They're coming from the smaller companies. IDW, Image, Valiant. Right. Who else? Anybody else? Oh. Um, Chapter House. Chapter House. Boom Studios. Boom Studios. Uh, and Vertigo. Vertigo gets a pass, um, even though it's... Yeah, they're not really DC. Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's on. I don't know what's going on at Vertigo, but clearly the editors at Vertigo are asleep at the wheel, right? And so, and that's fine. Those editors need to also work on DC proper, but uh, there's. I feel like there's a real push at Vertigo to make it like the old Vertigo. Yeah, but they just don't have the same creative pull to pull from because all those all those people are like I can go to Image and get right. all the rights to this where you're going to retain all this shit so why the fuck would I write this here? there's something always to me that was just a little bit like I don't even know what the right word to describe it but like just a little bit more bizarre at Vertigo versus an Image comic I, yeah. I, I don't know how to describe it, but there, there's just something different about a Vertigo than a. I think the target art audience was always more not not older per se, 
but more mature of their reading habits and what they enjoyed Maybe. and what they're looking for. What was the first Vertigo comic? Was it Sandman? I have no idea. Either Sandman or was Hellblazer rebranded Vertigo? I always felt I like know. there was a sophistication. Yeah, with Vertigo. Exactly. That, yeah, you know, you can go to Image, and I know Crossed isn't an Image book, but you can write something, you know, just crass and gory like Crossed and Image, right. and that's fine. But if you bring it over to Vertigo, they're going to want to construct that into something a little deeper, a little something more refined. And Coffin Hill is still on the Vertigo docket. That's a book I've really been enjoying. I expect to see more go. of it this year. There you go. Uh, Captain Canuck from Chapter House. Well, that's good. That was my big find of 2015. It's the Captain America book we should be getting from Marvel that we're not. So if you want... You don't like reading Falcon as Captain America? It's terrible. But if you want real Captain America... Check out Tom Evans as Captain Canuck in the Captain Canuck book. It's really fucking good. And BPRD and Hellboy, they're always solid. I mean, they are the fucking high standard of what to do with your brand for decades. Top notch. Ian, what do you think? I what are you really, looking forward to? I really enjoyed Jason Aaron's Southern Bastards this year, so I'm looking for more of that. Uh, another book, Tokyo Ghost, was pretty interesting from that looked kinda cool. Rick Remender, Matt Hollinsworth. Rick Remender always lets me down, though. Yeah. Yeah. He's hit and miss with me, um, but I've been enjoying this. So that saga's been good this year. Um, looking through my comics on my Comicsology account, it's all pretty much, it's a bunch of image books with some... DC books and Marvel books that are kind of like, oh, I wonder what Justice League is all about. Oh, I wonder what the new Spider-Man is. But other than that, it's it pretty much reads like uh, a rundown of image titles. Airboy was really good this past year. Chrononauts also was something. So, I mean, it's, it's image pretty much all day for me. Yeah, it's kind of funny how uh, it looks like 2016 is going to be kind of like... The same thing is what it was like when you and I, Ian, first got into comics, where we were just these image, like, fanboys, and we would just buy everything image, and, and I also bought a lot of Valiant then, too, uh, but I was always more of an image guy, and it's funny how those are the companies I want to read, and even, even um, I get Astro City, that's Vertigo, but uh, that's a comic book from 20 years ago that was an image book, started as an image book. Same creator, creative team is on it. And it's like all these comic books that I was getting when I was like 15 years old, I'm still getting today, minus the Marvel and DC ones. That's kind of where I stand with my 2016 selections. There's always something new with Image. There's always something that's a little different that... that I look at the book and I'm like, wow, I want to learn more about this character. Yeah, I keep waiting for Image to um, try to bring some new superheroes into the fold. Because, yeah. I mean, for so long now, it's been just wacky idea after wacky idea after crazy story. And it's like, okay, that's really cool, but like, that's all we're getting from you guys. Give me a cool new superhero. And you can go crazy with it. Do Invincible or whatever. But like, 
give me new superheroes because we like we just said we aren't getting that from Marvel or DC. We've only gotten compelling new superheroes out of really Image Comics and Valiant to a lesser degree over the and last Captain years. Canuck. To be and fair, that's been, and that's been what's so refreshing about the Valiant and Ninjak and Captain Canuck is that like these are the books that the these are the stories I want to get from Green Arrow, well, or Captain America, right. or a Justice League or Avengers book that I'm just not getting because those stories are just so mired in their own history and their their own creator once. That they're not just distilling it down to what the characters should be. Mm-hmm. Well, Captain Canuck, Ninjak, these are all titles named after actual characters. A lot of time with, like, Image, you're getting, like, not a, a title after a character. You're just getting it you based stuff on the like storyline. stuff like Nameless. Right, Nameless or uh, Fatal or uh, Black Science. I mean, I could go on and on, but... The point is, they don't have, like, this central-focused character to, to like, just lock onto and follow. It, it just, like, isn't the way it's done now. And it needs to be. We're, we're like, begging for it. We, we're in such desperate need yeah. of this, like, newness that we're not getting. So. Yeah, and I, I don't care if someone's like, well, Captain Canova is just a rip-off of Captain America. Yeah, it is. And they do him better. Right. So pick up the first trade of Captain Canuck, and I defy you to still prefer 78-year-old Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson being the real Captain America. You're going to be disappointed. But Captain Canuck, you're going to be in. Because it's, it's what you want to read out of, out, out of Captain America. We're going to wrap it up right here. We're going to pick it up next week. We're going to talk about television, movies, the upcoming 2016 schedule that we're really excited about. Yeah, I think we'll be a little bit more positive because we like movies and TV. I really wanted to like movies. Well, two thirds of the collective we still like. I wanted to save this particular drunk for the positive episodes. I didn't want to get mired down in such misery. <laughs> but I guess we'll have, I'm just going to have to keep drinking next week. We'll have, we'll have happy drunk Paul next week. Yeah, tonight, not happy drunk Paul. Thanks for listening. I think we all had a really good time talking about the state of comic books. Because we're all feeling it at the same time. It's like, if by good you mean just airing grievances about the horrible atrocities committed to our beloved characters. The three of us on the show are all in the same place, and I'm pretty sure our comic-reading listeners are in the same place, and we'll appreciate this. And if you're not, I I just wanted to point out, if you're not in the same place as us, if you guys are reading stuff at Marvel or DC, stuff that we were crapping on tonight, hit us up on uh, Facebook, Twitter, get a dialogue going, because like I want to hear what... What's good? What are we missing? Maybe we're missing something. Enlighten us. If you recommend something, we will all read it. Unless it's The Incredible Squirrel Girl. That's ridiculous. No, we'll all read it. We're fair here. You're right. Ian and Matt will read that. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Cassell. We'll see you next time.
I still go on there and I look for things. And I'm generally disappointed. 